Welcome to the Ford Marketing Podcast, the podcast that covers internet marketing strategies and leadership tactics to move your business forward with your host, Joshua Jarvis. Hey, and welcome back to Ford Marketing Podcast. That's the number four, RD Marketing. And you can find us online at fordmarketing.com slash podcast. And there's a list of all of our podcasts. In fact, as I was looking at the page, uh, that's where all of our show notes are. And I was looking at the page today and thought, it'd be really nice to have a sort of site, you know, table of contents or something at the top. So that is on my to-do list for everyone um, because some of these episodes uh, I'm actually pretty proud of. It's a good uh, beginner uh, sort of, you know, sample of what each thing I've covered is for small businesses. And, and actually that's where uh, today's episode actually came from was as I was talking to some business owners about last week's episode where Zach Goldie shared some knowledge about uh, how he manages pay-per-click and, you know, just kind of give you some insight into that world that I found a lot of business owners don't don't leverage uh, pay-per-click at all. And so I wanted to really just dive into it with you guys and give you kind of a pay-per-click 101 or PPC 101 uh, episode where we cover sort of the basics of most of the pay-per-click uh, campaigns or, or, you know, settings, if you will, as well as at the very end, I'm going to give you some sort of killer tips for um, sort of basics of what I do for clients um, when we set things up and something that you can do uh, when you start your own. And um, it's actually fairly simple. Um, you know, it's like most things in life. It's actually pretty simple to do, get started, all those sort of things, um, but very hard to, to master it. Um, so, so really, uh, so today's episode, like I said, we're going to talk about how to lead generate with pay-per-click and um, because it is, uh, a lot, you know, I prefer to do SEO. I like the technical aspects of it, but pay-per-click is probably the quickest way to generate income or generate opportunities for a business. Uh, in fact, you could, you could create, uh, this is no joke, there's a case study of a uh, uh, lawn care business that created a simple form uh, on a WordPress site and connected it to something called Zapier and automated uh, the lead generation and follow-up all on that did that within a day or two of using these free and almost free tools and then uh, just ran pay-per-click ads to it and grew it into a million dollar landscaping business so um, and I'll put that in the show notes for you guys so you can link to that that's actually on the Zapier blog uh, but it's just kind of an interesting look at how you can actually leverage uh, pay-per-click to um, to get that. So what is pay-per-click, first of all? Well, pay-per-click, uh, you keep hearing me say it. Um, it is, um, I, I know this is going to sound like a really, really uh, maybe sarcastic definition, but it's actually just paying for the, the actual click. So there's an ad on Google. You've done it a million times. You've Googled something. You see an ad. You click on it. Well, that business paid for the click. So that's pay per click. Um, and it's much better than what businesses used to pay for. You remember back, you know, late, maybe late 90s, it was, you know, pretty, you know, you'd get a banner on a website. So you would pay by impression. And so if someone supposedly, like if the computer registered that they pulled that website from the other computer, then you got credited for an impression. So that doesn't mean the person saw your ad. It just means that 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 computer 
and the other computer had another conversation and the page loaded. Now they may have left two seconds later. Um, and so that's why you know you needed thousands of impressions for it to make any sense. Uh, but it's much harder to track, uh, much harder to get uh, a real good idea on the ROI because they weren't tracking the clicks. They were only tracking impressions. Uh, and that's just that's just the state of technology today. And so now we can actually not just track the clicks, we can actually track conversions. And what you'll see in the next few years is that we not only track conversions from a standpoint of uh, someone did a Google search, clicked on an ad and bought a product, but maybe someone did some research, clicked on an ad, and then ended up in a store. And that's gonna be really cool to be able to see how much of the traffic that you generate online is actually ending up in your storefront if you're you know, a car dealership or um, you know, a clothing store or something else where somebody might want to physically go and touch an item. Um, you know, not everything can be done from home. Unfortunately, um, if you're like me and you like sitting at home and uh, you know, sort of being in your solitude, then yeah, you're, you know, there are some products that require you to actually travel. So anyway, so pay-per-click is um, you know, basically uh, you know, you, you've, the most popular platforms are Google and of course Bing. And uh, I, I was on a uh, Reddit forum the other day and noticed that people were kind of snickering that anyone would ever mention Bing anymore. Um, and there's still you know, hundreds of millions of users on Bing. So don't discount it. Uh, it has its uses. You're not going to get the same sort of returns that you might get on Google, where you know you could very easily spend five or ten thousand dollars a month on Google if you wanted. Um, you may not be able to use that full budget on Bing. So Bing and, and Google are probably the most famous. Um, they also are probably the most direct sort of pay-per-click options. Um, however, uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Pinterest, Twitter pretty much you name a social media platform and they have some form of pay-per-click ads. Um, you know, Facebook utilizes images and so does Instagram and so does uh, uh, the other ones. But uh, ultimately they are on the same principle where if someone clicks on the ad, you, 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 know, you pay for that. And it varies from as far as Costco. So the, the cost of a pay-per-click ad is probably useful to cover this before we dive in. Can be anywhere from uh, you know, pennies on the dollar, you know, 50 cents a click to, you know, 20, $20 a click. So it depends on the industry a lot. So if you're in a say financial services industry, you may be paying easily 10, $15 for a click. Whereas if you're in, uh, an industry with low competition, then it's going to be less per click. So basically the price of the, of the actual click is going to be determined by how competitive the industry is. Um, and that's usually also influenced by sort of the average um, revenue per, per sale. So for instance, real estate financial planning are really, really high because after all, um, you know, you, you, you know, if you buy a house and you bought a, let's just say a hundred thousand dollar house, even though those don't really exist in our market, uh, at least not ones you can move into, um, that still represents somewhere in the neighborhood of a two or $3,000 commission for a real estate agent gross, not not net, but gross. So, I mean, you know, if you're going to make say $2,000 on an individual click, then how many, how many, you know, how much would you pay for ha to have one client? And so that's what you got to figure out as a business owner. Really, that's sort of the, the first secret tip. I didn't even highlight it, but as I'm talking, I'm thinking, wow, this is really, really important for a business owner to sort of understand is that 
And this is really what, uh, not to get on a rabbit trail, but this is really what um, I find myself doing with a lot of business owners is that we're sitting down, we're talking about, you know, doing marketing or SEO or whatever, and that they haven't really locked in uh, their business as far as um, how to to really target their customer, how to understand the metrics in their business that actually makes it work. And pay-per-click is one of the ones that you can actually get really, really good um, laser point, you know, laser focused on as far as understanding the ins and outs of it. So uh, let's say I'll give you a real estate example um, because I have a few clients that have real estate and they let me do their pay-per-click. So let's say it costs, um, you know, say 80 cents a click or a dollar a click. We'll just use a dollar because it makes it easier. And right now I'm averaging for them somewhere in that neighborhood of eight to $10 a lead. And so if it costs, so that means that if a click is a dollar and it's $10 a lead, that means that it takes 10 clicks for, so to get to a lead. So that means it's probably 10 different users doing the same search, clicking on the ad, charging the dollar, and then one of those people are gonna convert into a lead, right? So, so then, let's say it's $10 a lead. Well, we know that in, in real estate in particular, that the conversion rate of these leads is anywhere from three to 5%. Um, they say that you could get 7%. Um, I've seen numbers as low as 2%. It really depends on the sales team, your follow-up and all of that. We'll use 5%. It's maybe a little bit high if you're, um, if you're an expert in the real estate field, it may be a little bit high, um, but it also makes the numbers really, really easy. So I need to generate how many leads to get to one. So, you know, if we did, so if I generate 100 leads at $10 a lead, that's $1,000. That means that 100 leads out of that, we're going to have five closed transactions. I mean, that would be the, the method. So I spent $1,000 for five closed transactions. Let's say the average sales price is 200,000. The average commission say is 3%. So three times two is $6,000. 6,000 times five is $30,000. So for a campaign they spent $1,000 on, they generated $30,000 of gross revenue. So that's how a real estate agent would go about doing their sort of pay-per-click analysis on this. Is it worthwhile? And so at what point does the cost per click become not worthwhile? That's why you would do that whole calculation. So for real estate agents, if you guys are listening to this, I just gave you guys the easy button. But for all the other business owners that are out there, that's the metrics that you should look at. So what is it costing me to close a sale? What's the end result? And you'd be able to back it up. There's really not another, there's really not another uh, marketing method that allows you to put money in and actually see what you're getting out. Almost like a an ATM or something. Like it's it's literally like that. That as long as you keep an eye on it and you market and you get it get it running, then it's it's literally one of those things that you can uh, sort of predict. Oh, I want to grow my business by ten. You could actually just increase your spending by ten and get that same result. Now, it's an overly simplistic look at pay per click adver- advertising, and and so I don't want you to un- to sort of think that that's exactly how it works, especially if you've got a large war chest of money and you say, oh, you know, I'll just go ahead and spend ten grand a month. Uh, there is things like you know saturation and how much can you actually pull. And since many of you, the ones that I've talked to anyway, are in sort of small local businesses, uh, there is a limit to that. And if you're in a if you're in e-commerce or you're in a global business, 
Um, obviously, the amount that you could spend on pay-per-click could go up dramatically. There are several companies that are exceeding, you know, $100,000 million on pay-per-click ads um, that are sort of what we call enterprise-level businesses. But for most of our audience, the most of the people that I get to talk to on a weekly basis, uh, you know, spending a few thousand dollars a month on pay-per-click is... I mean, that's right where you need to be. And if you wanted to grow it, you would grow it in a small percentage of that. Um, and one of the dangers uh, of sort of pay-per-click or online advertising is obviously that you would get too far down the road and you know, most of your business is online. In fact, that's actually what happened to me is that during my 15-year real estate career, all of my business had come from, uh, I mean, 80% of my business was online. And uh, it wasn't until sort of the last five years of my career that I started getting referrals and really focusing on that. And so you don't want to allocate all your budget to pay-per-click, but it is a great way to get a business started or to give you um, some, some influx of business. So that's why we're covering it today. So anyway, so like I said, so pay-per-click, uh, you can use this on pretty much anything. And they all, they all have basically... Uh, I'm going to go over the AdWords uh, specifically settings, but they all kind of have this sort of model. So um, we'll go over AdWords. That's the most popular one. It's the simplest one to use. But again, if you're using something like Facebook, um, it has very, very similar mechanics. And if you get really, really good at Google AdWords, or if you find a guy that's really, really good at Google AdWords, chances are they're going to be really good at Bing ads. They probably will be pretty good at Facebook ads and so on. Now, just a word of caution, though, as we mention all these other networks, not every network is created equal for your business. Uh, I think there's validity to each one of these. You know, you could advertise on Twitter, you could advertise on Instagram, uh, Pinterest, LinkedIn, all of those, um, and they all have their place. But do they have their place in your business? And that's a question that you have to answer for yourself. You have to understand your industry and where your customers hang out. And so that's uh, not necessarily the first step, but it definitely is one of the first steps for a business owner to understand how they're going to get the most out of pay-per-click. It's going to be determining where their customers are. So uh, most people um, are on Google. So that's an easy place to start. Um, however, let's say you are a B2B person. Let's say you are trying to generate, you want to contact, you have a new uh, cybersecurity uh software and you want to contact uh, you know CTOs and CISOs in in that marketplace would you go to Instagram for that <laughs> no you would not you would probably avoid Facebook but you might be able to you obviously you'd be able to leverage Google um, but you also might be able to leverage something like LinkedIn okay so so understand that first so don't just go out like if you've got a brand new business let's say you're an accountant and you've got a brand new business Google pay-per-click, absolutely. Maybe Facebook would work in that kind of business as accountant if you're working with customers. Um, but understand that you know no one's looking for account uh, tax information on, say, Twitter or Instagram. They might be, but um, I would probably start with the channel that you think your customers are on. And if you don't know, why don't you just ask your customers, um, and it's a great sort of touch, if you will, to your customers say, hey, um, what social media platform do you use a lot? You know, and that way you get a, a good sample. So first things first, uh, when you go into AdWords and you set up, uh, one of the first things you're going to do is set up campaigns. Now they use all these different words for things and it makes it to me complicated for someone to get up to speed. 
but it's really, really simple. A campaign is nothing more than a large thematic grouping. Um, it could be as big as, say, real estate. Um, however, what I would say is like a real estate agent using campaigns, they would probably have a buyer campaign, a seller campaign, and maybe a past client or sphere of influence or listing campaign. So for instance, they would have a buyer campaign that targeted home buyers, they'd have a seller campaign that targeted home sellers, and then they might have a campaign where they would just stick all of their sort of address listings in. Now that'd be a, a real estate agent. But let's just say um, you know, you're a furniture salesperson, this is a great example because it just gives you a, a, a sense. You, know, you could list coffee tables. And so e-commerce people actually have it pretty easy because they've already categorized their, their products. And so that's what you would use campaigns for. In fact, category is probably a better word than, uh, than any of the other ones. So if you're an insurance agent, your campaigns would be the different types of insurance that you offer. If you're a financial planner, it'd be off different types of things that you offer there. After campaigns, you've got something called ad groups and AdWords. And so you've got your big categories and then you've got ad groups. So if categories is campaigns, then ad groups are, say, topics or tags. Um, depending on where your, your, your mind is set, it's just a subcategory. So for home buyers, for instance, for real estate agents, you know, home buyers might be neighborhoods that you're trying to target. It might be locations. If you're uh, an accountant and you've got multiple locations, you might actually separate your ads by location. Um, you've got other ways, like if you had that coffee table that we mentioned before, you might have oval coffee tables and square coffee tables. Um, so you might have some different ways to categorize these. Uh, and there's a, a number of ways to do that, but it's just basically what it, what what AdWords is trying to do is help you niche uh, niche your focus down, and it's really hard. Again, the way that they've they've done it doesn't make it easily translatable to some of the small business owners. But if you think about it in category and then subcategory, it makes it pretty easy to go through. So you've got your so you've got your campaigns, and then you have your ad groups, and that's really where you start creating your ads. And the more specific you can get, the better. Um, in a sense that every ad group should at least have two ads in it so you can run a test. Uh, I would not do, uh, if you're like a real estate agent and you said, you know what, I wanna target these five neighborhoods in the ad groups, what I would do is create an ad group for each neighborhood, even though they may be inside the same city. And so you could get, you could go back out to that level of category, uh, which is campaign, and you could say, you know, here's my Atlanta campaign, here's my Dallas campaign, here's my New York campaign, and then go into neighborhoods that way if you wanted to. It really depends on how you want to organize it. And just, just to be honest, this is really this categorization is really just for you to be able to keep things somewhat organized um, because it can get kind of messy if you start running a, a lot of ads in particular. So you got your ad group. From there, you you're going to start targeting those ads and so you, you start with your keywords so at google everything is about keywords and what you need to understand is that you can let google do the work for you um, especially if you've got a big budget and you want to learn this process if you want to learn everything there is to know about google ads it may be worthwhile to spend the money uh, or waste the money if you will with google and actually just see what they do on their own 
I, on the other hand, do not recommend this method. I recommend that you either hire someone, read it, read about it, do a class on it, um, but understand that you really need to do the, your own keyword research. And there's three types of keywords. There's exact, and there's phrase, and there's a broad match. And again, I understand that it's for some of my business owners that are listening to this, this episode may be already starting to cause you to have your eyes glaze over or for you to get uh, a little worked up on as far as, oh man, there's so much going on here, but it's really not that bad. Um, so you've got your categories, you've got your subcategories, and then you've got your ads, and your ads are the targeted keywords. So your keywords are simply like homes for sale in Atlanta, or oval coffee tables, or you know some other specific, you know, auto insurance, um, motorcycle insurance, you know, things like that. So your keywords are what you think people are going to type in. Now, there's an episode that we did previously, episode 12, where we dived in how to do keyword research. And all of the same ways that you do keyword research for search engine optimization or SEO is the same things that you would do, for the most part, on, uh, on pay-per-click. The beauty of this is, is that a search term like Atlanta Homes for Sale is almost unobtainable for any real estate agent um, because Zillow occupies the first first space and then these national um, brokerages like Redfin or whatever occupy, you know, a lot of the top front, you know, realtor.com, homes.com, all that stuff occupies the first few results. So if you're trying to get there via SEO, you know, good luck, um, but you're probably going to need some major links from big, big companies to even have a shot at the first page. Now, with pay-per-click, you can just buy your way there. In fact, that is what most people, when they get the phone call from the person that says, I can make you number one on Google. No, they can't. You can pay for your way to be on number one, but chances are, if it's a highly competitive term with a lot of search volume, you're not going to be number one unless you pay for it. So, and frankly, you know, if you look at the future of where the web is going with voice search and everything else, um, paying to be number one is probably the way that many people are going to have to get their business, um, especially if you know consumer habits don't change at all. They continue to use Google. They continue to use voice search and trust Google's search. Um, I don't know that that's actually going to happen. I do think that we may see some behavioral changes over the years, but for the for the intermediate like this, the intermediate the inter, the immediate time as a business owner, like my next five years, I need to know all the different ways I can get in front of customers. SEO is still valid, pay-per-click is still valid, and um, and they're still cost-effective enough for most businesses to run uh, for both of those things. So, getting back to the keywords, you've got exact, you've got phrase, and you've got broad. Now, this is gonna sound, again, sort of like, what, really? That's what it means? So exact means exact. It means that if you typed in homes for sale, in Atlanta, that that exact phrase, homes for sale in Atlanta, nothing more, nothing less, no misspellings, not not a lot, Alt-Anta, okay? Alt-Anta is a common misspelling of Atlanta, and so that's not going to work. It's only going to be homes for sale in Atlanta. Now, you can modify these. That's a little bit of an advanced term, but you can modify these and make it to where you can include some extra things. Um, like either misspellings, like variant, they call them variants, uh, like plural. Um, so, you know, another one would be, you know, if you wanted to do uh, oval coffee tables, 
for sale, for instance. So that exact term. So if someone types in oval coffee tables, they're not going to see your ad. But if they type in oval coffee tables for sale, they will. Now, phrase is a little bit broader sense. It means that uh, if you were doing a search for oval coffee tables for sale, um, you know, with three legs, then all of a sudden that search will show that ad, assuming that you've done everything else you need. So you've got phrase, you've got exact. So phrase, like I said, is, is basically anything in the keyword. It lets you put your keyword in there. And that's where like um, you could do homes for sale. Uh, instead of doing homes for sale in Atlanta, you could do Atlanta homes for sale. And then a phrase would let the person sort of reword it however they want. So you're going to get more searches. Now the key to this is, and you can guess what broad is going to be, broad is going to be a bigger sort of filter, if you will, a bigger uh, basket. Um, and so each word gets more and more broad as you go down this particular list. And so what you want to do is you understand you need to understand that as you get broader, yes, you get more clicks, yes, you get more traffic, um, but yes, it's going to be less qualified also as you go down this list. So just understand that uh, that you know understand that because there could be um, business you, you know you may have a business where a lot of unqualified traffic can turn into something good, um, whereas another business may not want that and they would want to use the exact keywords. Um, but just to kind of cap it off so that you understand what broad keywords are, um, let's say that you had an ad that said homes for sale in Atlanta as example from a real estate agent friends and you did broad. Well, that would do home rentals in real in the city. It would do homes, homeowner associations. It would do land for sale. It would do condos for sale. It would do anything that remotely Google thinks is similar. And unfortunately, um, I don't understand this because they've gone after real estate for some time now. Um, I don't understand why they don't know what the different terms are, but for sale and for rent um, are not the same in my book. So um, we'll get into a tip on how to get that next. Uh, but first, I also want to cover just for my other people who maybe have that sort of mental roadblock on pay-per-click. Uh, and I'm talking about real estate, like, ah, oh, he goes on to real estate. I do have at least one person who emails me every week and says, could I get less real estate explanations? And I'm like, hey, man, open your mind. All businesses are really very, very similar. So for that one person, if you said you did oval coffee tables, now get this, this is an actual example from Google, uh, a broad match would be leather ottoman. Now, can you imagine if you typed in oval coffee tables because you wanted to buy one and they put, gave you a leather ottoman? Now, see, what Google knows that most business owners hate is that they want people to use Google. They could care less whether they buy products from you. They know that that could create a rabbit trail for someone to look at leather ottomans. So that broad sense of search means that your ad would pop up there. So if you want to pop up when someone's searching for leather ottomans, and maybe they'll buy a coffee table. Then that's what you would do with broad. So and I, made, I made a mistake when I was talking about that. And that is that when someone searches for leather ottoman, they would see your ad for oval coffee tables. Right. So again, that person, if they click on that, they would get uh, maybe disappointed. You'd pay for the click and then they leave. So how do you solve all this? And this is where you get your first really killer tip on pay-per-click. And what we're going to do is we're going to make this a two-part episode and I will be covering 
next week sort of the um, the real refinement that goes into creating a killer ad as well as giving you about eight uh, killer tips that I've learned over the years and how to create these ads but want to give you the very first tip that you're gonna need if you wanted to get started right away and this could actually help you really with your first week of ads if you started today and that's negative keywords this is the the biggest aha I ever had running ads was that um, when I first started running ads I was doing okay but I wasn't um, but I, I could do better and when I sat down and looked at it uh, and really dug deep into pay-per-click um, it's one of the cool things they do is they actually let you see what someone searched for now if you're using exact match then it's only going to be that exact match but if you're using some other tool, like the broad, like I did in the beginning, like most business owners, they just let Google set it up. And this is why you don't want to do that. Then they went, then when the search comes in and you go, oh, this is what they clicked on. So for instance, uh, homes for rent in Atlanta. Now, this may sound a little harsh as a real estate, former real estate agent, you know, but I don't want rental leads. There's no monetization in in that so when someone's looking for a $800 a month uh, place to rent the the truth of the matter is one of the reasons why the rental market is so hard is that agents don't want to help tenants because there's no pay in it right so at the very most an $800 a month renter would produce a $400 commission now compare that to the $6,000 one I mentioned earlier and so you can see why a lot of real estate agents don't want to work for rentals but let's say you're a real estate agent and you're listening to this and I know that my audience is about, I think somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 to 40% real estate agents. And so if you're a real estate agent and you're listening to this, then one of the negative keywords that you'd want to add is rent. Rent, renter, those sort of things. The other one that you would want to add, let's say you're in e-commerce or you're in any other business, it might be cheap, free, unless you're offering something free. Um, anything that says uh, a discount, maybe you don't want to be a discounter now if you're a discounter obviously that would be great you know if you sell discount furniture then obviously discount would be a great one um, but anything that would be negative now the other way to do it also is after the reason why one of the things I said hey you could spend some money and sort of learn the, learn what Google does is that you'll see the clicks so when I first started I would get clicks on and I did a I did real estate so I did neighborhoods and when I first started I would get clicks on the neighborhood HOA, I get clicks on schools because it was broad. And so anything that matched, you know, if it's, let's say it was Atlanta, anything that had the word Atlanta in it for the most part resulted in a click of some sort around Atlanta. And um, although I got a lot of exposure, a lot of traffic from my website, probably a few conversions, um, ultimately, um, you know, there's a ton of negative keywords that you generate over the years. And, you know, you got to learn what every synonym for every word is in the negative keyword. So rent, uh, lease, those sort of things were things that I had to get rid of. And that's an important, important point as well, that Google will give you some insight into synonyms and similar words, that's kind of thing. They have a, a good database of that, but ultimately it's going to be on you to be very specific about that because like just like a leather ottoman and an oval coffee table are not the same, neither is um, renting and buying. Or home sales. So, uh, so that's it. Uh, the next week we're going to cover how to select your audience. We're going to go over um, how to do device targeting, locations, um, how to do the conversion tracking, as well as some of the killer tips. In fact, one of them is 
pretty simple. You're going to go, what? Really? That's, <laughs> that's what you're supposed to do? And you go, yes, that's what you're supposed to do. Um, and the last thing I'll leave you with is kind of a preview of next week in a sense that every one of these clicks needs to go to a specific landing page. We talked about that last week with Zach Goldie, and that's one of the biggest takeaways from last week is that a landing page can make all the difference. So if you're doing a homes for sale in Atlanta, what should that be? It should be homes for sale in Atlanta. It's pretty easy, pretty straightforward. If you had an oval coffee table, what's the first thing someone should see? All of your oval coffee tables, okay? They should not see anything else. If you're doing a, uh, a tax ad, about getting the $2,500, you should spell out the terms and tell them how they can get the $2,500 loan back if you're doing an accountant ad. So the landing page can make all the difference on these pay-per-click ads. In fact, that's one of the killer tips for today. And like I said, tune in next week as we cover the rest of sort of pay-per-click 101. And if you have any questions, as always, you can email me at joshua at fordmarketing.com. That's joshua at 4rd marketing.com that's the number four rdmarketing.com i would love to hear it and as a way to show support the best way to show support is to review us on itunes just click on the itunes and write a review if you do not use itunes i will take a review anywhere you can find us on stitcher if you google ford marketing any of that would love to get a review that tells me yes you're doing something good continue doing it so thanks so much for listening and I will catch you next week.